with increased dangers and events happening around our country, if you take whatever action you can to mitigate your risks, the chances of something bad happening are still much, much lower than the chance that something good will happen, such as you having a great time. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. You know, Cindy, I'm feeling like fear and anxiety are pretty much at an all-time high right now. Well, not sure it's just a feeling. What with the economic, political, environmental, health, and social challenges that we're all living through. It can all feel kind of really overwhelming. And it all comes on top of the normal ups and downs that life offers us in the best of times. Which means that there are just a lot of complex problems going on. And downright scary and unpredictable situations. Right. In our psychology practices, we're seeing a lot of people with increased fear. Fear for their personal health and safety. Fear about going places and doing things. Fear about healthcare access fear for friends and family, our country, basically even fear for the future. Yeah. So of course, fear is a natural and normal response to perceived danger. It's our body's way to mobilize for fight or flight, and it can be protective. Right, Cindy. But as we all know, a constant state of fear is not sustainable or productive, and it can be kind of bad for you physically and mentally. Yeah. A lot of typical anxiety is about stuff that most likely won't happen, like Some people are afraid of all kinds of things like falling from high places or getting in an airplane crash. These are common fears or phobias and the odds that they would actually happen are extremely low. They aren't realistic fears really, or the level of fear isn't realistic given how unlikely they are to occur. Anxiety is also often a normal reaction to a stressful situation and helps motivate us to act which can be a good thing. If you have anxiety about getting something done on time, it motivates you to do it. Although if you have too much anxiety about it, you can feel paralyzed and not get it done and go blank. Like when sometimes when people are taking tests. Yeah, everyone reacts differently to fear and stress. We're all a product of our own genetics, our personal development and our life experiences. Right, some people tend to be naturally sensitive and vulnerable or wired to worry. And the way we're wired, added to our experience and development, affects our ability to manage fear and anxiety. When either becomes excessive and interferes with your life, that's certainly when it's too much. So we're saying that some anxiety is not a bad thing at all, but too much can be very uncomfortable and a barrier to being able to live your life fully. Fear and anxiety can easily rise to irrational levels, but they usually don't start out that way. Right. Some challenges trigger our fears and push us to grow through them. Others can seem impossible to get through, especially at first. To some degree, life has always been full of fear and uncertainty. There have been plenty of tough times in the past when people had lots of fears and anxiety. World wars, nuclear fears, starvation fears. 
Fears can drain you emotionally and trap you in this downward spiral of endless what ifs and worst case scenarios about what tomorrow may bring. Our jargon for that is catastrophizing. So how do we learn to manage our fears? Part of managing fear is figuring out which things you can control and which you can't. Yeah, we're all different in how much fear and uncertainty we can each tolerate. Some people actually enjoy taking risks and living unpredictable lives, while others find the randomness of life more worrisome and are fearful. If you feel overwhelmed by fear and uncertainty, especially now, it's important to know you're not alone. And no matter how much fear you feel, you can learn to deal with uncontrollable circumstances, you can lower your anxiety levels, and you can face challenges with more confidence. Indeed. Worrying can make it seem like you have some control over things you may in reality have no control over. My mother-in-law once told me that on the night one of her sons was killed in a car accident, she was up with worry all night because it was icy out and he still died. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. I guess she had to conclude that worrying did not prevent bad things from happening. That was exactly her point. Chronic worrying can't give you more control over uncontrollable events. It just takes your energy and enjoyment in the present and keeps you up at night. It's so true. It's such a common way to cope, but it's not really coping and it's not really helpful. I remember my mom feeling very guilty after my cousin died in his 40s that she was, quote, worried about the wrong people, as if she could have stopped cancer with worrying directed at the right target. Worry is nothing like chemo or radiation. No, not at all. Some worry is important, though. It helps us to think about fear and risk and act in productive ways to manage that risk. The right level of anxiety, not too much and not too little, helps you move forward in the best way possible. A lot of what we've been presented with lately is really out of our control, like COVID and monkeypox, the climate and Supreme Court, (laughs) supremely stupid court, and gun laws, and so much else out there today. But there are always some things that we can control, and it's important to find them and focus on them. One easy way to find what we can control is to look at our own behavior, because we can usually control that. So we can't control COVID, but we can mask and get vaccinated and maintain healthy social distance. True. We can't control guns, but we can vote, protest, donate, and use alternate safety devices or... If you really feel you have to have a gun, which we're not going to discuss right now, you can use the highest safety and storage methods possible. Yeah, fear of being in public places due to potential health risks or violence is a big one that people feel right now. And we can't control the unpredictability of those risks, but we can do everything under our own control to mitigate the risks. But it's tricky because we have to balance our own safety with still trying to live our lives. Yes, and it's important to stay rational and logical about these things. Even with increased dangers and events happening around our country, if you take whatever action you can to mitigate your risks, the chances of something bad happening are still much, much lower than the chance that something good will happen, such as you having a great time. Put another way, (laughs) we hear the news about all the bad out there. And there is not a lot of focus on all the good. So we don't hear of the hundreds of thousands of times all weekend throughout the country, for example, 
where people are heading out to have fun, they do some shopping, they're hanging out, and actually nothing bad happens to them. A lot of people assume the worst when they're not sure of an outcome. Yeah, it's an automatic assumption. If there truly is a larger risk of something bad happening than something good, then yes, I probably wouldn't do that thing or go to that place. But we can't assume bad things will be the result when in reality, by far, that is typically not the case. True. If we applied that kind of reasoning to our lives all the time, we'd never cross the street or get in a car. We might not even leave the house. It's easy to overestimate the likelihood of something bad happening and underestimate the likelihood of something good. Also, we often underestimate our ability to cope with something unexpected that happens. Nobody wants a flat tire, but you take that risk if you wanna drive somewhere. If you're lucky, you have AAA. And if you keep your tires in decent shape, the likelihood of a flat is low. So as with other things, in most cases, we can live with that very small chance, unlikely chance, and focus instead on the more likely outcomes. Although there was the time that I had three flat tires in a two-week period. That was highly unusual. Yes, it was. I bet you still have some anxiety about flat tires after that. I definitely do. Yes. But I still drive places. That's what I was going to ask. That's what I thought. Because we have to learn to balance our fear so that we have a healthy amount of it that pushes us to consider what we have to do to stay safe. You have AAA, I bet. I do. (laughs) Or how much risk we're willing to take, which is a personal decision. Right. So when we start to avoid everything that scares us, our lives become very small. Sometimes, and maybe a lot more lately, you have to acknowledge that you're feeling scared. Do your best to consider the risk factors and then go ahead and live your life. If you avoid things, you can become even more nervous about them. So making yourself do the anxiety provoking thing involves tolerating, even embracing the inevitable uncertainty of life. I think that's why sometimes people like jump out of planes and stuff. They wanna do the scary thing and, and master it and not be so scared of it. Good point. You know, life can change in a minute and it's filled with unexpected and unpredictable events. That's just a fact, but that's not a bad thing necessarily. A lot of surprises that life throws us are positive, or if they look negative at first, they can become positive when we solve the problem or change our approach. So the goal is to practice accepting uncertainty. When irrational fears and worries take hold, it can be hard to think logically and accurately weigh the probability of something bad happen. There are a few things you can try to help you become more tolerant and accepting of uncertainty and fear. For one thing, you can identify the things that trigger your fears so that you can take action to avoid them or reduce your exposure to them. You can learn to recognize when you start to worry about a situation or when you feel like a situation is far worse than it actually is. Right. Then allow yourself to feel the uncertainty instead of trying to get over it or talk yourself out of it. Acknowledge that you really don't know the answer to all of the what ifs. You cannot predict the future. And you cannot get control over the uncontrollable. Acknowledge you don't actually know what will happen, but look as realistically as you can at the possibilities of what is likely to happen. And then finally, shift your attention to issues that are solvable to the parts of your fear that you can control. 
You can also distract yourself and choose to think about it another time when you have more energy or feel calmer and you can deal with the uncertainty better. This is another time, as we've mentioned in other episodes, that focusing on the present moment and your breathing and allowing yourself to simply feel and observe what you're experiencing can sometimes help you find the inner strength and resilience you're looking for. When your mind wanders back to worrying or the feelings of uncertainty creep back in, you just try to refocus your mind on the present moment and on your own breathing. You tell yourself that you are not currently in a crisis. Nothing terrible is happening in that moment. Everything is okay for now. As therapists, we've had to come to terms more and more with the fact that some of the issues that people are bringing we really can't control, and it really is as bad as they say. It's true. The supremely stupid court really overturned Roe v. Wade. Temperatures around the globe have been hotter than ever. But it's important to reframe that not everything is out of control, and we try to help people figure out what can be done. Also, in that time and space, during our therapy sessions, they're typically safe, So bringing it to the present can be a calming place from which to manage the fears. Like we're okay right here and right now. Right. I do that a lot. In general, doing things to reduce overall stress and anxiety levels can help deal with the negative thoughts and fears to help find some inner calm to better cope with them. And while we're on it, don't forget the usual suspects like relaxing, eating and sleeping well, and exercising. These are important for overall well-being and affect fear and anxiety a lot. They do. Another reminder, take breaks from news stories, including social media. Don't forget, it's the negative stuff that most often makes the news, not all the positive stuff that happens. And positive stuff happens way more of the time. Connection with others helps a lot of people overcome or at least deal with fears. Don't be afraid to talk with people you trust about your fears. Sometimes people think this will make them worse because there's nothing anyone can do. But actually, labeling and talking about emotions, including fear, can reduce your body's fear responses. Having someone listen and sympathize or talk it out can really help too. Yes. Basically, fear has to be balanced with living a full life. COVID has given us a lot of good examples of this. Yeah, we've adapted and come to terms with how to live, work, and play while the threat of the global pandemic persists all around us. You have to mitigate the risks and then try to live your life. And of course, if you feel overwhelmed by fear or anxiety, or if your fears and anxiety interfere too strongly in your life, consider talking to a professional. Therapy, sometimes along with medication, can help you to manage fear and anxiety so you can live a more fulfilling life. And that's what we want you to do. Yes, please. Thank you for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time. Take care.